Thank you, everybody, for joining us on the China On Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and today I'm joined by Eddie Kopp from Sugar Shack Sessions. This was an awesome interview. I had a blast doing this. I've been wanting to ask them these questions for a while. And so we dive into everything from like how they've built the channel, but also just kind of diving into the mindset stuff behind how he builds this. It, it was fascinating. We talked about the new location, everything like that. Uh, forgive me the audio for the first 30 minutes. I, uh, I did have things cranked up a little bit, so that's going to be a little wonky. But other than that, we figured it out halfway through. So the second half of the audio, it's beautiful. It's tremendous audio. You're going to love it. You're going to love this interview. You're going to have a tremendous time. All right. So without further ado, please enjoy this interview with Eddie Kopp from Sugar Shack Sessions. Cheers again. Cheers, dude. <laughs> it's that brown rice should mass. We do, should we do that again? I got a little brown rice biomass. Biomass. Dude, thanks for coming and doing this. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, absolutely. How are we looking? We're, we're looking good. All right, cool. Hell yeah. We look great. We look fantastic, actually. We do. <laughs> Tremendous work. Dude, thanks for coming and doing this. I yeah, appreciate absolutely, it. Yeah, absolutely, bro. I got a bunch of stuff I want to talk to you about, like what's your social security number and uh, your bank account information. Yeah, so social is uh, 513. <laughs> Dude, I saw Slightly Stupid this weekend. Yeah, yeah. It was great. So many people in my life saw Slightly Stupid this weekend, but I did not. I didn't go. A lot of people making better decisions than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard it was awesome. Dude, it was so good. I had a, a revelation while I was there. Slightly Stupid are it's the most dad band out there like they're just a couple dads 100 up there yeah doing their thing like living the life living the life dude that would be the perfect way to do it i think they have the code cracked it's like you go be a regular person for 10 months of the year yeah and then you just get to do one of the things that i think almost any dad would enjoy doing (laughs) is getting up on stage Wearing dad clothes. Yeah. They're wearing dad clothes. Yeah. They get up there. You play your music. You have a big ass party and get paid six figures to play for 90 minutes. <laughs> you figured it out, boys. Fuck yeah. yeah. Congratulations, guys. Cheers to stupid. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. I love that band, bro. They were probably, I think they were probably the first band to introduce me to, you know, the modern American reggae. I heard the song This Joint when I was in college, and I was like, dude, what is this music? Really? It was even before Sublime. Like, for me, in my life, that Stupid hit me before Sublime did. So, I owe a lot to Slightly Stupid. Yeah. And, like, just drawing me into the genre. And here we are. Yeah. They got my brother into, uh, like, reggae, reggae rock, all that stuff. And then he introduced me to... Slightly Stupid, Pepper, 311, Expendables, like all yeah. those guys. Rabbit Hole. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's what became the music that I listened to for pretty much exclusively for like five years. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Going through. And I was, uh, I I found that music in like ninth grade. So when I first heard Pepper, uh, I had to hate it because my brother liked it. He's five years older than me. How old are you? 
I'm 30. Okay. I'm 36. So I'm a little. Yeah. It was about the same time. I was just yeah. in college. Yeah. And my brother's. Yeah. He'll be 36. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. Yep. Same time. Yep. So he found that. And uh, yeah. So I had to hate it all. But, <laughs> you know, eventually. That's funny. You know what's. You know, it was a, it was a good reminder seeing Slightly Stupid this weekend because it, it reminded me that, like, hey, that's still possible like going and doing that stuff like those guys got to be probably 50 close to 50 some of them are for sure if not definitely mid 40s yeah and so i'm like yeah that's just a bunch of dads up there yeah making music doing stuff like that if i just keep making music like i could probably do that yeah you definitely could uh and dude they really run the show like family men too because Mm -hmm. as i've gotten closer to the scene and closer to behind the scenes of the reggae scene I've learned a lot about how these bands work and the, you know, how they handle their business. And stupid, bro. They have a strict amount of time that they're on the road and away from family. And then they'll even, they'll fly home if they have two or three days off between days. They'll fly home to be with their kids and their wife and then, right, and then fly back out and meet the caravan of buses and hop right back on stage. So, I don't know, man. They've really figured it out. They're true rock stars now and they've gotten to a point where they can afford to, like, really, you know, still spend time with their family even when they're balancing this work life you know it's cool you don't really see them partying at festivals or shows like i don't know man they're they're definitely you know setting the example for the scene and what it can be what you can do if you have music that transcends you know all these generations and and you really write they really write timeless music i almost feel like they're going to be the next grateful dub of like our generation Mm -hmm. or grateful grateful dead (laughs) (laughs) i just booked a band called grateful dub that's funny but uh grateful dead of our generation i think so and they cover a bunch of grateful dead stuff yeah they're already like kind of leaning into that so yeah it makes sense because this was the first time i ever saw them uh where it was their show i've only seen them at festivals like reggae rise up and other stuff and uh there was something different about this time because it was uh it was like a party you did get to be part of like a bigger experience that they were putting on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A stupid show rather than like you said, a, like a, a festival lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like, and, and some of these festival lineups, it's like, uh, it almost can't be the pure show. Like it has to be just a version. Like it almost has to be a festival set because you, you bring so many people together, you're in yeah. and out. So you don't have the, like the, even the headliner can't cultivate the feel of the show it's true it's true it's kind of more turn and burn at a festival yeah yeah like even seeing that even seeing 311 at uh at reggae rise up was like i was like man they i i remember seeing these two these two like i don't know they're probably like late 50s or something <laughs> like a couple sitting at a table after and i walked out i'm a big 311 fan been yeah, yeah, yeah. for like a long time no yeah and so these people had 311 shirts on so like i walked over to them and they were like initially like well, what the fuck is this guy like just walking up to? and i'm Why? like because well, like it was at it's just at night it's late at night and, like nobody's around it's like, the, yeah yeah what is this like drunk high person <laughs> coming up to me crackhead gonna kill me like yeah and i was like yeah pretty good set but you talk like i was talking to them and it kind of dawned on me like that was a great festival set mm-hmm. it was great for that but if you were to see 311 on their own play that set you've been like it was it was like a pretty yeah. good show i agree i agree yeah, it's different energy at a festival. I agree. I I was there for that, and then I also saw, 
I saw 311 at their own show when they like headlined a tour with Ayaterra and Iration. I don't know. It was like two years ago, something mm-hmm. like that. Just right when touring came back from all the COVID crap, but 311 was next level. Right. Like night and day from their rise up set as far as their lighting goes and everything. The whole production was just mind blowing. And I'm not even a huge 311 fan. Like, yeah. I like them. But after that set, I was like, damn, these boys, legends. You got to see them live. And then once legends. you see it live, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. it that's how I was. Yeah, my buddy, my buddy gave me their whole discography in high school, and uh, you know, I was like, kind of like, all right, this is cool. And I, I remember I saw them live for the first time in Central Park in New York City, uh, the day Michael Jackson died. Interesting. Yeah, because they gave him like a shout out and all that kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah. Nice. And uh, and so I, I remember seeing that and like, oh, all right, these guys are pretty good. And that was an outdoor kind of festivaly kind of feel and then i got to see them play live in new york city at the hammersmith ballroom or something like that hammersmith ballroom i think cool and i was like got it (laughs) understand exactly same same yeah same it was so cool dude and your guys i i gotta give you props for the the pop-up session yeah that thing was fucking sick it's cool bro it's a cool like kind of reiteration of what we do yeah. You know, it's fun to, I don't know, it's cool to take the production and like put it in front of an audience and give people like a, okay, you know, it's almost like what we do at the shack, yeah. you know, to 20 people when you're there. But this is to like, we're able to do, I don't know, this last year was probably a good thousand people in front of our stage, every, every artist. So I love the pop-ups, dude. I, it's one of my favorite things we do. Honestly, we have such a good time with that. And, you know, you get to hang out with you know, we try to do four, maybe five artists a day. So it's cool to, you know, interact with four artists and like in one day and then those artists audience come in. It's almost like Bryce on our team calls it like there's like tides that come in, yeah. you know, you know, for example, article sound system, we get on stage and this whole like wave of article fans, thousand people show up and then they all like retreat. And then like Kyle Smith comes on stage two hours later and this whole wave of like Kyle Smith fans. And it. so it's like this cool different energy for every artist and we see that you know and so it's it's cool to interact with the artists and the fans and just kind of be part of that energy and yeah pop-ups are sweet man it's it's definitely a package that we're selling to other to other festivals and events okay um so we're trying to like that's a good way to branch out and, and hit other demographics and other audiences and other you know genres you know what was cool about it too is it it did remind me of some of the like the early reggae rise up kind of festivals cool i i and those i remember going to those i guess it was just after college that those started yeah i remember like those early ones there it was electric like there was something about being at those festivals like early on in vinoy where where reggae rise up was just like I am not gonna miss this, like, yeah. uh, like for anything. Yeah, and it it just I, it's probably because I'm getting older. I don't know. I've got it totally. I'm I'm a dad now, yeah. so I just like pay attention. I'm, I'm like look at you know. We, we were I was talking to my buddy while we were watching 311, and uh, there was like a 50 something year old mom and like a 21 year old daughter together, Sick. and like he's got a young daughter too. And then the next day we we're like, 
you know, when when the mom was in front of with the daughter, I was just thinking about my daughter. And he's like, yeah, I was thinking about my daughter. <laughs> so that's what I think about now. Yeah, we get all soft as we get older, right? Yeah. So it's a good thing. That could be why it's like it's not as like magic, magic. But yeah. when I saw your guys uh pop up like sessions, yeah, I was like, this is this is fucking magic, dude. Sweet, guys, dude. That's what we're trying to do. You guys nailed it. Felt it. Thank you, bro. You, you felt it. And it Who was did you see? Something Reef. Uh, dry Reef. Dry Reef. Yeah, indie rock band. Really cool. Yeah, really cool. I'm glad I got to see him in that setting. It reminded me of uh, like Less Than Jake in a way. His oh. voice kind of. but uh, He's got a very unique voice. Yeah. Very unique. They were really cool. That was good. I forget who else I saw. Um but we had we were only there Thursday night and then Friday and we had to be back like I guess Friday night or Saturday morning or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, that little stranger video, Shoo. that that's that's one of the coolest live performances. I agree. I've I got goosebumps seen. thinking about it. You just sang I get goosebumps, bro. That's one of my favorite all time moments we've ever had as Sugar Shack. Yeah, <laughs> like I get emotional thinking about it, dude. Those boys. Just what they've done for us and what we've done for them, you know, is just, it's what it's all about. It's yeah. It's like literally what it's all about. We, we're here to, you know, shine light on artists that deserve it. And that's, you know, I believe that every artist we have on our platform deserves it. But there's something about Little Stranger that is hooked. And, you know, we had a huge part in that, dude. We yeah. really did. We, I remember there was a drummer of Mike Pinto's band was wearing a Little Stranger shirt. And in the middle of the set, middle of recording or wherever, I asked him, I was like, what's the Little Stranger? He's like, oh, it's my homie's band. They, they love Sugar Shack. They love to do this. And I was like, all right, I'll check them out. I checked out. I saw, I heard this song, Girl Number Three or Girl Three or whatever you say it. And I was like, this has to be on the shack. Like, this song is like perfect for Sugar Shack. Yeah. And uh, I wish I remember his name, the guy that played drums, but sent me Johnny's number from Little Stranger. I texted him. I was like, dude you want to come to my house and <laughs> record a session? He's like, dude, we would love to. And, you know, lined up. They're coming to Florida whenever within the next few months or something. And they came over and it was that indoor session. And, dude, it was like, this is my favorite sessions of all time. Yeah. You know, they were just so natural and they're just so talented. It's crazy. Like, yeah. they just, they just like, it just pours out of them effortlessly. And uh, I don't know. It just sh- shines through on how raw we keep our videos. You know, we're not doing, we're not tuning their voices. We're not doing nothing. That's just those two guys just crushing that shit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just connected with people. So, I don't know. The impact we've had on their careers as musicians and then vice versa, like, on ours as a YouTube channel, like, it's just, it's unlike any other artist so far. Yeah. Yeah, even the big dogs, like, the biggest artists, like, Stranger, I feel, has had a heavier impact on us than some of the biggest artists we've ever had. It's crazy. It's cool. It's awesome. It's amazing. Dude, what's that like to be able to... um I don't know, get to meet people. What is it like to get to provide that kind of platform to somebody where you get to let them express like the main thing in their life that they want so badly to express to the world? Like what, what is that like from your side? It's the best feeling in the world, dude. Yeah. Like it's, you know, coming from myself being a musician before all this, like 
I was looking for platforms like this for my own music. Yeah. I never found it. Yeah. And I think that's why it exists today in my life. Like I wanted to create a platform that artists can just come be raw, real. And if you can handle like, you know, not being tuned and not throwing filters on everything and yeah, you know, we obviously make it sound polished, but sure. we are keeping that as authentic as we possibly can in post, both audio and video. So, I don't know. I think it's the best feeling in the world, dude, to just see artists come in, sit down, and just be their true, authentic selves. And we can do the same on our side of the cameras and just have this connection, this, like, unspoken connection um, that we, you know, we connect with every artist on this, like, different level and then artists will tell you that like you know artists do a lot of video shoots sure. you know and we just hear more than ever like this is unlike anything i've ever done with like i didn't feel like i was shooting a video recording like i'm just hanging out with you guys while you're all staring at us <laughs> but i just felt so comfortable with you guys so you know that's what we strive to do dude is like artist hospitality and just make the artist feel as comfortable as possible because i think that's what really brings the true artist out of them yeah yeah that's cool that's and that's actually that's i was talking to thank you for setting me up uh to go see the expendables i oh, appreciate yeah. it yeah dude and uh it worked out nice yeah i got to talk to jeff for a while sick and uh yeah that was one of the things that he mentioned he's like i didn't really know what to expect mm -hmm. when i showed up here and i didn't know that Nobody knew who was going to be here. and It's funny because like, we tell artists all of these things. Yeah. And every artist says that. <laughs> hey. We have all these documents. You know, they're nice documents. One sheets. We send every artist. It's like, here's what to expect. Here's what we're doing. This is exactly how it goes. And they'll show up and be like, oh, this is live? Like, <laughs> oh, there's people coming? <laughs> just like, dude. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Your managers just don't share anything with the artists. They're just like, hey, be here. Go to this dude's house. That it's probably because the manager's like, I've sent them all these fucking white sheets <laughs> and one pagers, and they don't read it. Nobody reads. I know, but yeah, hey, go go here, bring your acoustics. Yeah, stuff. exactly. Oh, this is acoustic. That's like another thing we get when they show up. Sometimes, <laughs> do you have acoustics we can use? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got that. <laughs> we got you. We've been through this before. Yeah, exactly. But that's awesome. That you know, from your perspective, that Jeff told you that and shared that with you. That's really cool, man. Yeah, Jeff was comfortable that night, dude. It was it was a good vibe. They played was, nine songs. That's like way more than anybody ever does. Dude, I, and <laughs> when they, uh, and I was like, hey, did you guys know when you played Drift Away, like how you're going to play it? And he's like, not really. We yeah, it's cool. It, it's it's awesome to see like they've been playing that stuff for so long. That Is that an old song? Yeah. Drift Away? Yeah, it's from uh, Open Container. Uh, it's like 2004 or something like that. Oh, wow. It's real old. Yeah. I, excuse me. I know you're a big Expendable fan. That's why I was like. You got to come to this freaking session, dude. Thanks. Um, but yeah, I just, they never hooked, they they never hooked me over the years. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, it's just one of those things, like, if you, I, I talked to, I talked to my buddy about this, about uh, especially pop punk bands yeah. that hook, caught me at the right time yeah. in my life. Mm -hmm. And there's certain bands that now I listen to, I'm like, dude, I get I get the talent. I get all this. It just I doesn't resonate or yeah, it doesn't yeah. like yeah. It's not hitting that part of my soul. Totally, dude. But yeah. after that session, I am that with Expendables now. Really, that, that hooked me. I was like, all right, this band is really good, really talented. You know, you get to know them and you get to, you know, I don't know. It's different when you like meet somebody and feel their energy. Mm -hmm. and 
I don't know. I'm an Expendables fan now. Yeah. Like, it's like new music to me because they have such a big discography that like I've missed out on. So yeah, it's and been they, great. And they went, they went a bunch of different directions too because they mm-hmm. had that, that old kind of, they're like sublimish, old school, slightly stupid kind of punk, yeah. surf punk kind yep. of stuff. And then they did this uh, like more metal reggae and everything. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, it's cool, man. It's cool to see like, an evolution like that. It is cool. Yeah, I th- you know, and at the session, they, I feel like they, you know, portrayed all of those different layers that Expendables are known for. Yeah. There were songs that sounded like old, slightly stupid, but I fell in love with stupid. I was like, damn, these guys are like, I can hear the inspiration of stupid. And then, you know, some of their new stuff is, I actually really like their new album a lot. And yeah. they played a handful of those songs. So it was cool, man. It was cool to get to know them, get to know their music and like really give it a, a, a real chance. So it was cool. Yeah. I know of their like greatness and I know that people love them, but. And, you know, ultimately, that's why we booked them. You know, they have a huge fan base. And, you know, our some of the guys on our team really do love them. But it really took that session to hook me. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that. It's yeah. Cool. It's cool. I'm glad you can, uh, you're part of the club now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Welcome in. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I actually, so what I was saying before, the, this slightly stupid, um, concert reminded me now like oh this is something that you can do there's longevity in it if you do it right Mm -hmm. and it reminded me in a way of like what hooked me for playing music in the first place like you know i I played guitar and all that stuff but in 10th grade i saw pepper play in new york city and i was like that looks like the most fun i've ever seen any adults having ever that's the shit that I want to do. And there, you could still say that at a Pepper show to this day. I went and saw them at the ranch a month ago. Yeah. And it, they played Kona Town, the 20-year yeah. anniversary. It, w- it was a fucking blast. Yeah, I know. They have such a good time. I, and I'm like, all right, that's I want to I do that. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. I'm just going to keep keep fucking putting music out. Keep sitting down in my garage and <laughs> fucking record. You broke the ice. That's the hardest part. Yeah. Breaking the ice. I know you've been in a band and you've done your thing, but... Like, you broke the ice on this, like, new chapter of it, which is, I was yeah. like, hi, Chris, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, We were just doing the office today with the boys, and even Dave was like, what song is that? I really like that. So, really? already getting some fans. Hell yeah. All we right. Found your, uh, we found your old band camp. We were listening to Opposite States in the, off- in the office today. Oh, it's online? <laughs> it's on band camp. We found it. <laughs> I got to tell my mom, dude. My mom's my biggest fan. <laughs> yeah, Dave was cranking it in the office today. <laughs> hell yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. We were looking on Spotify. I was like, I think they're pre-Spotify days. We were on there, and then uh, I think I had it on TuneCore, and I just like let it lapse. Yeah, or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, didn't know it's on Bandcamp. Yeah, we found it on Bandcamp. I gotta go back. I might have to buy my own album off Bandcamp. <laughs> it was a flashback. I remember all y'all songs. I was like, damn, I haven't heard these songs in a long time. Really? Yeah. You knew those songs? Oh yeah, definitely, dude. You were a local band in town, and as was I. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like you guys were like at the end of my time of like my common ground days. Banding. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of transitioning into more Sugar Shack stuff, but I remember you guys being around. I saw a couple shows. I think I saw you guys play once or twice. Yeah, we were we were doing stuff probably from like 2015 to 2018. Okay, yeah, so it was after. Yeah. Uh, I started Shack in 14, so yep. I remember those days. Yeah, and actually, Rob, so Rob was your guitarist in... Yep, okay. Common Ground. Common Ground, and he was the one who uh, helped Opposite States in terms of sound and like getting us ready to play a live show. I think more than anybody. Wow. So he took, I'd say he probably put in like 10 or 12 hours of his time to 
come to Guitar Center with us, tell us what equipment to get. When we went back to the <laughs> yeah the warehouse, like he helped us set it up. Like we didn't know shit wow. about setting up. Hell yeah, Captain Rob. Yeah, Captain <laughs> Rob, dude. He's the man. I love Rob. Dude, he helped us out so much, and uh, I actually have. Well, I might have to edit this out. I have one. I have one of his guitar pedals. So, Ooh, yeah. Nah, he's not using them right now. <laughs> Stowed away, and now I have it. You're not getting it back, Rob. It's he's not, not playing right now. You don't need it. Yeah, it needs to sit in my garage, not yours. Yeah, right. I wish he was playing, dude. He's a phenomenal guitarist. Yeah, phenomenal, dude. We still have songs that we're sitting on that we recorded from back in the day. Really? Yeah. You ever think of putting them out? Yeah, I think about it, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's different than doing it yeah uh if you ask robbie he will tell you that i'm holding that all up so i need to re i need to re-record my drums <laughs> your drums are shit dude sorry rob i'll get to it maybe brian can do that for me yeah maybe dude working with him has been a blast man it's like rejuvenated my desire to write and everything because i've it, Sick. i've been I've been writing some of the stuff alone and you kind of hit, you kind of hit a wall sometimes when you do things alone. hundred percent. Yeah. And so that's been nice to help break through that. And he's like, it's kind of like the first person I've like showed the song to. I'm like, this is kind of what it feels like. And I kind of am thinking of going this way. And he's like, all right, you can go this way. And then there's this, but then also like, what if we did this? And you're like, that's a good producer right there. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a natural knack for that shit, dude. He does a good job with it. I've been having a lot of, you know, I've been very impressed working with Brian with Sprout, my new band now. Not my new band, but the band that I play with. They're not really new. They've been playing forever. But <laughs> uh, Brian's been a real pleasure to work with, dude. And I, he's kind of been, I don't know, he's been cutting his teeth with us. Like he, he was like, let me just work with you guys and see what, see if you even like it. Yep, and like you heard two of the tracks, they sound great, dude. They for sound, like some of his first stuff, sound fucking awesome. Sound awesome, man. Super impressed with just him in his bedroom and you know electronic drums. Everything's di. Sounds great. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 cool, man. Brian is uh, one of the first musicians that you know. For me, when I moved to this area in 2005, Brian was the lead singer of Vega Under Fire, and I used to just seek local band shows when i was at fgco just look for local shows in vega under fire was one of those bands that was playing regularly in town and i would just randomly go to the these shows i didn't know anybody i'd take my homies from fgcu and we go and i fell in love with vega under fire and brian was like that guy so yeah. to like be homies with brian now and he actually works with sugar shack now and now he's producing this album for the band i mean it's just cool to have this full circle and he's like still in the scene doing it kind of found a way to like reinvent himself which is really cool and help other artists and it's cool to hear that he's like re-inspired you it's fucking awesome dude that's a big deal it's that's yeah. a big deal well and, and these things like they they don't have to die but like that can die i think a lot of people i think it's it's funny because it's that can die but it also can't it can be brought back so i think people get too focused on like oh, I'm not doing my art right now. And so I'm worried that like I can never get it back. Or they're like, yeah, yeah it's gone. Like that piece is gone. It's like that chapter's over or whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. We make excuses. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, dude, I still feel that sometimes myself. Like with, what? with Sugar Shack, I feel sometimes that I'm like, I'm not working hard enough or, you know, it's just being self-employed. You just have this like, yeah. 
I don't know. You just have this wall that's in your head sometimes. Dude, it's tough. So how do you how do you actually stay focused on what you're doing and drive all this stuff forward? Because it's not it's not an easy feat to no. to put all this together and yeah. and also like you got an impressive operation just in terms of like I went to your headquarters uh, and there's a lot of people in there. Yeah, <laughs> it's you guys put on these mega acoustic shows you have the backyard acoustic shows you're yeah. building the new location mm-hmm. like dude you gotta encounter a ton of bullshit all the time yeah. so like what do you do yeah what like what's your i don't know philosophy on staying focused, focused. and like on mission mm-hmm. well i think number one is 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 building the right team around you okay i think for me that was number one literally since day one i was like i have to i i guess you know the military really brought that out of me like the leadership skills in me and team building and leading a team like i got off the bus in boot camp and for some reason the ti walked up to me and said cop front of the line you're the leader and i was like all right so i got up there you can't say no and then i was one of two guys that maintained my job in boot camp the entire time so i've never because you can get fired like you do one less push-up than you're supposed to you get fired from your job you know you can get fired for every little thing there and uh i maintained that job the whole time i was a leader the entire time so i i feel like number one the military really brought that out of me and like i kind of like discovered that leader inside me okay and um so going into sugar shack i knew i had this whole like plan i guess kind of sure. <laughs> if you want to call it that i had this idea but i had to build a team around me so you know i was very strategic in that team uh, i had i have i still may i may still have that note in my phone i don't know but i put all the creatives i knew in town all of like the camera guys i knew in town all the audio guys i knew in town guys and girls and uh i just had to like be strategic and i just built this team around me that i i don't know i have this way of like reading people and you know picking up on energies and that's really big like with me is like my energy's got to match your energy or like we got to gel especially if i'm going to try to start this friggin business with you so i curated this, this team of four guys that are still on the team to this day and you know honestly it's that like you got to find passionate people that can align with your vision and you know if you can just find that right I don't know, like right energy and everybody get on like the same, just friggin', I don't even know what you want to call it. Just Yeah, same like kind of wavelength, same mission. Yeah, and the, you got to be able to like portray your vision to them properly. Um, and I feel like I did that early on really well somehow. Like yeah. I, I was like, I have this idea, I think we can do this. I have this network built of artists, bands that we can just tap into. We can really get this thing going. We can get it off the ground and they're like, I'll carry most of the weight. I'll book. I'll edit. I'll do all the marketing. I just need your guys' skills, like, to capture it. And then, obviously, like, Alex, that would need you to mix and produce the music or whatever. I didn't do that. So that's, you know, I think from from day one, the most important thing to me was building the right team and curating, like, the right team and company culture. Okay. Because 
I believe that like the happier your people are, happier that your the people around you and you're surrounding yourself with, the harder they're going to work and the more dedicated and the more passionate they're going to be to see this thing succeed. So for me, that's always been very important. So, you know, for five, six, six years, it was just us five. We did have one guy that came in for a couple of years. Um, he came and went, but then, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe like year seven or so, we started bringing more people on because we just hit our friggin' capacity, max capacity. <laughs> like we hit our ceiling for sure. And our bandwidth and bottlenecks and everything started just coming into play and it got real, you know, we call almost, we almost call it like the dark years of Sugar Shack. We still yeah. did what we're here to do, but it was not easy. Mm -hmm. You know, it was those times that, you know, you're really tested and um, we're all just pushed to our limits. So we started expanding the team. We found a way to do that. And so what was, what was without like, you know, sharing stuff yeah. that you don't want to share, but like what, what was going on or why was that the dark time? Yeah. Good question. There's a lot there. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm giving yeah. you an out for stuff you don't want to talk yeah, about. Yeah. I, you know, I think that it was just a time. I think up until like that, those years or that year, I was, let's just call it like year six or seven or so. I feel like we just had our, you know, foot on the gas, pedal to the metal. Um, without much of like a business sense, you know, Okay. At, at, at like, you know, I don't, I feel like we just jumped in and we, something hooked somewhat early for us and we just pedal the metal and let's just freaking see where we can take this thing. Yeah. Business side of things, definitely not as tight as they probably should have been, <laughs> but whatever. I feel like that's common, yeah. you know, and then something hooks, you're like, oh shit, we got to catch up. And uh, we got to like get our shit in order and pay taxes. And, like, yeah. You know, we were doing those things, but like could have been doing things a lot better. Sure. You know? So we learned a lot. And, you know, that just comes with a lot of different layers. Um, you know, we had to buy out a partner. That was a silly decision we made early on that we then we had to like deal with. And uh, so that was a big part of the dark years. And, but I'm at the end of the day, like I'm so grateful that, that all that happened. Like yep. as many layers as there are in those times, like I am so grateful that all that happened. Did it, uh, why? Cause I learned so friggin' much yeah. dude. Like, and it sealed us at least the, me and the four co-founders, it sealed us so tight. Like it locked us in. Cause I feel like those are the moments that either break you up or they bring like they reel you in and lock you down. And that's what it did, bro. Now it's like a true brotherhood. Like it was before, but for some reason, those times where it got like real hairy, like really sealed the deal for us. And we got, we all just got on the same page. Like we were on the same page before, but th this was on like a different level. Yeah. It's like, all right, let's make this, let's do this for the rest of our lives. Like we really? got this. Yeah. Okay. It's really cool. So then we started expanding the team and um, I think like, like I was saying, like from day one, it was very important that company culture. Yeah. So, and my guys felt that too. Like we always made sure they were having a good time, made sure everybody's like emotionally well. Um, you know, we're all balancing jobs and shit like for a while there. Like it gets, it gets really hard and it really pushes you and your families and significant others and everybody to the limits. Like we always just made sure that, that everybody's good. Mm -hmm. And um, as we built the team, we just 
made sure that that culture and that like dynamic is still there. Yeah. So now we have 11 guys and it's like the company culture I think is like second to none now. Everybody truly enjoys their role and their job and their contributions to what we do. And there's no fat on the team. Like everybody has a role and we all like trust and lean on each other to, you know, fulfill that role. And, uh, I, I think that's, you know, that, that vibe and that dedication everybody has to it is just, I don't know, man. That's cool. I, I see that, like, I see like other companies that don't have that and they're like struggling or, you know, how do I get my people like, I don't know, engaged or whatever it may be, but I don't know. It's always just been such a, for me, it's always been like very important. So I don't know. You just got to get your people fired up and like passionate about what you're doing. Do you have, do you have like a, a goal of where you're going with this? Mm. Paul Stamos got me hyped up, got me all like, oh yeah, got me heated up, bro. You're heated up, dude. I'm, I'm peaking. Am I peaking a little bit? Dude, I have fucked up this audio for <laughs> sure. Give me a little test test. Check, check, check. I can talk loud when I get going. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know. Yeah. All right. So we're all right though. We're all right. Yeah. All right. Well, the first half of this it's fine. interview. It's fine. They'll have to slug through it. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. It was good stuff. We were rolling. Um, but you asked me what? Uh, what'd you ask me? What's your goal with all this? What's your social security? <laughs> we already <laughs> yeah, went over that. Yeah. What? <laughs> what's your? So, do you have? Do you have like a goal with with this? Um, man, when people ask me that question, I have a hard time answering that. I don't know, because yeah, of course I have goals, but at the same time, like. I don't know because we we have this like foundation and this like structure to what we do and we have this like we have this product that we can that we offer to the world and to musicians and to music lovers so I feel like our platform alone like in a sense we could almost just ride this out let's just keep riding this and you know become a household name something like Rolling Stone or yeah, you know, relics is like a live music, you know, kind of like a household staple name, something like that. I feel like that's a, that's definitely a goal. Sure, definitely a big goal. It's just become a household name in the live music space. Um, you know, maybe even like grow into be a magazine side of the channel. Um, kind of like Rolling Stone, they they've really kind of paved the way a little bit. Um, in some in some sense, but then there's like this new goal excuse me, of like, we have the Sugar Shack downtown concept that's being built. And that's a whole new chapter and a whole new goal of like, let's be the next Hard Rock. Let's be the next Margaritaville. And, you know, we've always wanted to have a venue, but then this like kind of fell in our laps last year. I was like, shit, guys, our venue's here. Like, this is happening. Like, if we want, you know, I feel like we've like really like, we definitely pulled that in just being like, what we're doing. I feel like our, we just, yep. it just kind of came to us. You know, I feel like it was in our cards and you guys have been doing this for long enough and you're, you kind of become a staple enough where people were like, do it. Yeah. 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 And it it felt that way. It's for something that's such a big like decision and like a life changer. It's Mm -hmm. it's going to change our lives. Um, it's, it's felt so, I don't want to say easy, 
it felt so natural. Yeah. You know what I mean? I say this all the time. Like we'll get out of meetings together with the, with the boys and I'll just be like, I still can't believe this is happening. Like this is the coolest shit <laughs> ever. <laughs> like, Dude. This is the, I don't know. It just feels so natural and so right. Well, it's cool to watch too. Cool. Hell yeah. yeah. Cause it, cool. what, what's cool about it. And I don't know if, if this is, I've always kind of felt this way about what you guys are doing, but maybe it's, it's different because I've changed my mindset in the past okay. year, two years yeah. where I've always looked at what you guys were doing as like, you were always kind of like further along in the process of whatever I was doing, whether it was like a band and you guys had sugar shack, like kind of rolling at that point. Mm-hmm. Or when I started my business, like I was looking at what you guys were doing yeah. and it's, it's cool to, I like seeing it because it's, it lets me know that somebody is pulling this off and like you're moving the ball forward, but it's cool to watch it from the perspective of seeing how it's unfolding. And it's a good reminder because one of the things that I got wrong about my business and why it kind of, I think ultimately it failed because I didn't want it to work okay on some yeah. weird that makes sense. up level yeah but like uh early on i did a lot of stuff for myself like oh this is about me yeah this is about me kind of and it's cool to watch what you guys are building now and how it is all it all stems from kind of delivering value to other people exactly you know uh and that's been like a that was a big thing i just fucking missed yeah 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 right over my head like (laughs) missed it completely yeah and that that's been cool to watch and see this thing blossom and grow and change like all right when we talked on the last podcast it was like well i guess we're saying it we're doing like a venue and it was just kind of a it was it was kind of an idea that was like early kind of well thought out but still an idea i mean kind of well thought out i mean like I said, it kind of fell on our laps, dude. Like, how did that process happen? Yeah, so we met um, uh, a man named Kyle Moran. He's been in Bonita Springs for thirty years. He's a he's a developer. He runs a company called uh, Moran Kennedy, um, and you know he is definitely the main like push behind all this for us. He approached us. Uh, he had his piece of land downtown Bonita Springs, and he had this vision that this needs to be a live music venue and a, a restaurant, live music restaurant. Okay. Because um, he's one of, it's a small handful of individuals that are really bringing downtown Bonita to life and bringing it to life the right way. Not letting chains come in, really focusing on local um, okay. and uh, startups and things like that, giving like local restaurants a chance. And, you know, there's a lot of retail coming in. Um but downtown Bonita Springs is going to be very special in the next few years. It's really going to come to life. Yeah. And we're going to be a big part of that. We're right in the middle of it. But he had this vision, and um, he had known about Sugar Shack and being in Bonita, and he's a diehard Bonitian. And one day, you know, he came around a few times. Uh, he came to a session, I think, early on. or We were in the front yard building our merch booth for Reggae Rise Up, and we're all out there, like, covered in paint and shirtless and look like a bunch of bums and yeah. just building these like 10 foot walls and he comes up he's comes up shakes my hand he's like hey i'm kyle moran i've heard a lot about you guys and 
uh, I would love to just like pick your brain and talk to you sometime. I said, okay, yeah, sure, let's do it. I'm like covered as well as like 100 degrees out. Like it was not, I was like, it was the most informal business introduction I've ever had. Yeah. And little did I know, I mean, like, I don't know the time frame, but maybe a month later, he's like, hey, Ed, I, would you mind coming to my office today at four? I have something I want to show you. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I went over to his office and just him and I just like this. And he sat me down and he has like a projector or a big TV on the wall. And he had this huge presentation of just his vision for Sugar Shack. At the time, it was called Project Sugar Shack because it wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. But he had this whole presentation, dude. And I'm just like, I'm just sitting there. <laughs> and we've always wanted a venue. It's kind of inevitable. Like, we got to have a venue one day. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's in the cards. But at this level, I was just like staring at the CV and I was like, oh my God. I was just starting buzzing, dude. <laughs> like, whoa. Like, he had this vision of just, and it's right in the heart of downtown and the most epic friggin' spot and uh where it's everything that's coming to life in Benita is like kind of coming around that one spot and i'm just like i saw what he what he had what he had in mind and i i was on the golf cart because it's like right down the street from my house and i'm just driving the golf cart home just like boys (laughs) dude we gotta have a meeting i'm calling a meeting tomorrow morning or tonight if you can (laughs) like i'm just like freaking out yeah uh it just (laughs) felt right from that moment you know i was just like holy shit dude Yes. Like, and when was that? It was almost like validation. I was like, someone that I had no idea, like, really knew we existed, wants to take this chance on us and knows, like, sees what we're doing. You know what I mean? Dude, isn't that the wildest shit of just putting things out and, like, you really have no idea who's going to see it, why they'll see it? Yeah. Like, we we got subscribers, we got followers, we got all these big numbers, but, like, I don't know, when you, you, you meet another human, and they they tell you these things and they see what you're doing. I'm just like, all right, all right, we're on to something good. Like it, it was such a pivotal moment for me personally. Yeah. As Eddie Cop, like I was just like, all right, yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's do this. We're ready to do this. Like, where do I sign? Let's freaking go. Hell like, yeah. Obviously, there's more to it than sure. that, but it just felt right. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a huge learning experience because we've have no experience opening restaurants. We have, I mean, we're in the music industry, but we have very little experience running a venue. Um, and then retail, there's going to be like a whole like retail store, surf shop vibe in there, Sugar Shack, Styley. So that'd be cool. We have like, we've been doing merch for like nine years, so that's going to be pretty yep. natural. But um, yeah, man, it's been, what has it been, like eight months now or something at this point that we've been working on it. We we brought on a restaurant partner. That was a big thing because, you know, in this process, it was like, do you guys want to, you know, start the restaurant and learn all the ins and outs of a restaurant and do all the hiring and firing and figure all that shit out? Or do you want to give up a big percentage of the business and bring in a restaurant partner? So that's what we did. Ultimately, yeah. we want to bring on someone that's competent and can do a good job and just friggin' knock it out of the park. Yeah. And we found the right people um, or IPC really did this company. Like it's like a matchmaking company essentially for businesses and, um, they basically whittled down a bunch of restaurant partners or restaurant operators and presented like a handful of them to us. And ultimately we went with uh, Brickyard Hollow out of Maine. They have nine restaurants in Maine and they have like an amazing track record. And, and I, I mean, it's just another piece of the puzzle just felt right. It was like, yep, these are our guys. Yep. This is it. That's cool. Yeah. Really cool. So when you when you think when these opportunities come up and you go with this feel, mm-hmm. what does that show up for you like? Is that a 
a voice that tells you where to go? Is it like a feeling that translates that it, you then translate into a like words? How does that? It's a good question because intuition is everything for me. Yeah, for me personally, like intuition is everything, dude. If it it has to feel right. Yep, and I think that kind of has bled into my team too, in their mind frame and their mindsets. You know, I kind of see that transform in them over the years. Like, you got to trust your intuition and trust your gut. And, um, I mean, so far, yeah, we've had some rocky roads, but it's been right this <laughs> right enough yeah, <laughs> to an extent. So, yeah, I think intuition is huge, bro. So, what, it, like, what, how does intuition show up for you? Like, how do you process it? Ooh. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've never been asked that. How do I process intuition? Um, I don't know. That's a great question, bro. How do I process my intuition? What's an experience with you? What's an experience that you've had, like where you had to process your intuition? Nice reframe, dude. I like it. You should. You, you host podcasts. Dude. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. That's a tough. That's a tough question to like conceptualize. Get out of my own head. Yeah. Like, how do I? What would be a good example of that? Um, fuck. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I used this situation, and it was, like, very much intuition. Okay. And I Sugar Shack as a whole has been intuition the entire time, you know, whether it's the band we're booking or... You know, I mentioned, uh, uh, you know, a partner buyout at one point, like that was major intuition. Yep. Um, like, yo, we got to, something's got to change. Mm. Never expected that. Something had to change. We got to do this now. Got to figure that out. So, yeah, I don't know. Intuition, it's, I don't know. I feel like it's supposed, it's, it's supposed to be something natural. It's supposed to be something that you don't second guess. It's supposed to be, you're supposed to just let it, come out of you yeah you know i don't that's it's telling you and it's how you feel is how you should react to it so i don't know that's an interesting way to think about it so so i guess then maybe a better question is like what do you do to nurture that do you primarily is it well there's you definitely follow your intuition for sure but is there like do you write do you do other things like how do you kind of keep your mind right man i don't write I hear so many people, business owners, like journaling or meditating, like, or just even just reading. And I don't do, I don't do any of those things. You just fucking go. I just friggin' go. Um, I, I feel like, uh, physical fitness for me though, is kind of my release. Okay. And my mental like clarity. Yeah. Like I have to do something active. I mean, I have off days, but like as many days of week as I can like this just be physical active physically I take my brain off of this for a while yep and like do two hours of like just intense whatever maybe weightlifting or sauna or just something that resets my brain so okay that's, so, that's huge for me so you gotta clear that's how you kind of clear out your pipes is like fucking I'm going all in on a workout yeah. and put on some metal as loud as it can go <laughs> or pop punk or something and just uh, disconnect for a bit. You listen to Turnstile at all? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we had a band cover them recently, and I went down like the Turnstile rabbit hole after that. I was like, yeah. all right, this song is sick. Yeah. It's yeah. a, a cool band. They're great. Yeah, they're really popular. They're, they freaking blew up. 
Yeah, my my buddies uh, were all in hardcore bands on Long Island and all that stuff, and they they grew up listening to all that, so they showed it to me. I don't know, probably like 2015 or 2016. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, just since then, it's just I'm way late. <laughs> yeah, dude. dude, I'm way late on Turnstile. Yo, you know what's so cool about music though? I I realized this like about two or three months ago. I found an Outcast album from like 1998. Whoa! That I've just been listening to a whole bunch. Sick. And it's it's kind of amazing <laughs> how music works. It's like you can they could have been working on those songs from like making this up. 1996 to 1998. Yeah. And spending all this time and effort and effort. And like, I never heard that stuff. That's cool. Until 25 years later. Yeah. Then an experience that you recorded and captured at this moment in time now gets to be shared 25 years later. Love that. That's fucking cool, dude. That's the fucking awesome part about music, dude. And that's what, you know, something that's, I say that a lot about like our channel right now is like, this stuff's going to live on way longer than us. Yeah. Like let's make timeless content that, you know, that that's a big part of like uh, our approach to booking. Let's like, we want to, we want to book timeless music as much as possible. Sure. Stuff that's just going to resonate with people forever. Like it's like the slightly stupid we were saying earlier, like their music is transcended all these generations and at their shows you see little kids. So like, 80 year olds yeah and it connects with all of them and like that's what we strive to do with our channel big time well that was the cool thing about the little stranger one getting to see that like i'm like man i wish i was there in person like that bet that would have been electric yeah like even watching that um like they had the the teenage girl come up and sing like a song like that she's nine i think or something right they asked her that i think she said i don't remember 10 or something she's young that's gotta like that's so cool that they gave like that memory is now in that girl's head forever, forever, forever. <laughs> like that's the coolest shit. I know, I, dude. I gotta tell you something. Yeah. When I first heard Little Stranger, I did not want to like them, and they <laughs> won me over. I don't know why I didn't want to like them. That's cool. But I think once I saw them play their full set at Reggae Rise Up, like I saw them on Friday, sick, and Nike, I was like, all right, <laughs> they got me. You got me. Yeah. I was like. This is fucking sweet. Yeah, they're fun, dude. They're dude, just two so dudes up there making all kinds of noise, making all kinds of noises. Rock the whole crowd, like yeah, that's a big ass. Yeah, that is a big ass. Yeah, <laughs> they're on a rocket ship right now, dude. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I'm so hyped for them. They're playing Janice. They're headlining Janice November third. We're gonna be there. Can be filming some stuff with them and hell yeah, their first time headlining. I think anything that big in Florida, at least. <sighs> Good yeah. for them, man. Yeah, sick. It's probably going to sell out, too. I think it's already getting there. I'll probably have to buy some tickets. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. It's Good for them, man. It's really that's, cool. That's cool to watch. I like seeing shit like that. Me too. I think, dude, I, I've been thinking about this lately. Like, you know how some people are like, oh, yeah, you know, you've got the crab in the bucket. Like, people want people to fail and stuff like that. Yeah. I think kind of. I think on a surface level they do, but I think people ultimately want people to succeed I agree. even if they're shitty about it because there's <laughs> something about people succeeding that does give you like a hope for the future totally like, yeah there there is something cool about seeing that because you get to take part of that and be like all right this can be done i don't know how but like yeah it can be done yeah that's something in my life i'm constantly looking for inspiration yeah like i'm always looking for inspiration something to inspire me to keep going 
something to inspire me to apply to my business or uh, to my art. I'm always like seeking inspiration. Really? From other creators or whatever it might be. Even like stuff like you do here, bro. Like you find little nuggets of inspiration, you know? And uh, I don't know, that's a big part of like my approach to life is like finding little pieces there and to inspire you to like try new things or tweak what you're doing or I don't know, just contribute to your success ultimately. Yeah. Um, by, you know, watching other people's success develop. And I don't know, that's a big part of my life for sure. I'm always looking for something. Yeah. Always. <laughs> what do you, how do you look for that stuff? Like where's the, where are the main places you look for that? I consume a lot of YouTube a lot. Okay. I definitely watch this huge <laughs> range of YouTube content. Yeah. Mine's all over the place. All like. over. But that's how I find inspiration, man. Um, I don't watch TV. I don't have TV. So like YouTube is like my main source of like yeah entertainment. And, yeah, pretty much. You know? Yeah. I'll seek, you know, sometimes, you know, obviously people tell you, you got to watch this series. You got to watch this movie and I'll, I'll find it or figure out how to watch it or whatever. But yeah, I would say YouTube's a huge part of it. Um, working with like, um, with us, like there's this whole other side of Sugar Shack. It's Sugar Shack Media where we do uh, commercial video work for all kinds of stuff. Restaurants. Excuse me. We have like an orchestra client in Miami. Yeah, those are pretty sweet. Like real videos. sweet. It's a really cool client. But that's a huge source of inspiration for me is what we do with them. Like seeing what they do in their business and their approach to the music industry. Like I find so much inspiration in that. But it's a client. It's like a it's a client of mine. So. I don't know. Isn't it cool how I, I noticed that when I was doing the business podcast was like something about being hired to do something professionally yeah. forces you to dial into kind of a different part of your brain in a way right. where you like I found inspiration from what people were doing in ways that I never would have thought like yeah. before doing that podcast. If somebody had like a service based business and was I don't know, like there, there's a guy that has a home inspection company. It's right. like, you would have told me two years ago, like I would be interested in what a guy running a home inspection company does with his business. I'm like, the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then right? after like, after those interviews and you put things together and you, you're paid by these people to put together the best possible product that you can. Yeah. You start to go like, what do you what what are you doing? Like how do you how yeah. do you run this? Like why is customer service important to you? Why is this important to you? And some of it you get boilerplate answers, but sometimes like yeah. after you keep kind of pinging, it's like, oh shit, like there's a there's a deeper thing here that they they've tapped into. Yeah. And finding that was oh did make me like rejuvenated, especially when I was when you're running a business you probably know more than anybody how easy it is for you just have a an off day yeah it feels like your world is falling apart oh yeah and when that lasts for three four five ten days in a row oh yeah you kind of feel like dude i think maybe it's time to fucking hang this up yeah and then you talk to somebody and it's like what am i talking about what, yeah exactly <laughs> what was i thinking yeah yeah and and it just kind of reminds you like, oh, you can, I can still move forward. It doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter like what challenges you're going to run into. Yeah. Like it's not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, but it was cool. It, it again, it makes you realize that there's a path forward. Oh yeah. You don't know what yours is yet, but you're like, got it. Yep. Let me take stock of what I'm doing. Like, mm-hmm. Shit. All right. Well, I am being fucking lazy about this. Right. And this. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually killing it here. I just am such a fucking cynical prick that I can't even appreciate <laughs> what I'm doing here well. Yeah. And it overshadows that yeah. I didn't make a, in, a Instagram carousel yeah. on Canva <laughs> in time or it took Jeez. me an extra 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Self-accountability and like just believing in yourself is a huge part of it, dude. I struggled with that for a long time. Just keeping you, the drive. Do you Do you believe in yourself? Yeah, right now. More than ever. Okay. Like, yeah, more than ever, dude. Like, yeah, I have those down days for sure. But right now I'm so fired up and so f- fueled on what we're doing. Um, that, yeah, for sure, I believe in myself more than I ever have in my whole life. And it feels good to be even even be able to say that. Like, yeah. Because, yeah, dude, it was freaking struggle for a long time. And, you know, it's, it's tough to see your boys struggle too, you know. Because um, another driving force for me is just – making sure that we hit payroll every friggin' Friday, dude. Like that is a huge driving force for me. You got to hit payroll. <laughs> the guys got to feed the families and we got to keep this train moving. So yeah, man, I believing yourself is a huge factor. And, um, I think like I was saying, like making sure that that mindset is like embedded into your team again, is just such mm-hmm. an important thing with a team, bro. And a, a business or a company like, you gotta like somehow get your mindset and your drive into your into your team, and I don't know. I think Sugar Shack is a good example of that, man. Everybody's so driven to succeed and like see this thing through, and like let's build this this bitch as big as we can, this yeah. monster that we've created together. So, yeah, man, that's yeah. You gotta believe in yourself. You have to. And was that so? Is that something that you've always had? Um, maybe not to the same level, sure. Yeah. But is that something that you've you feel like you've always had naturally? Yeah, instinctually, okay. my whole life. Yeah, I, I feel my parents drove that into me as okay. a kid. I was always doing something like as an entrepreneur, even as like a little kid, I was trying to make stuff and sell it. And no matter what it was, my parents were like, "Yeah, let's do it. You got this." You know, I feel like my whole life, even with my siblings, my parents have always been that way. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's you know, and then I. I I didn't really know it, but up until like going into the military, that's what really just drew it out of me. Okay. Because like prior to the military, like, yeah, I was in college and I was just like wasting time and money, dude. Like yeah. I was doing nothing with my life, bro. Nothing, man. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know where I was going. I mean, that's probably a common story for a lot of people, especially like young dudes, you know, yeah. coming in that straight out, you know, the day I could move out of my house after high school I did and just went for it. So yeah, I think that's just been, you know, instinctually and naturally it's just been like built into me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's actually one of the biggest things that's been a change for me in the past really year was like re was actually getting that like I've always had a fundamental core universal like belief in myself yeah. at the core. Like yeah. it's always been there, but then there's like been this f- fucked up middle layer for a long time, yeah. which is like you let the doubt, you let all that stuff 
run run it yeah, yeah run it basically yeah. and so anytime that you make a decision you like go for something it's like wait no let's filter that through this self-doubt shit and yeah. like all this stuff it's not good no it's and it's not good it's actually it's a big waste of fucking time totally <laughs> dude it's it's like a mental and and over time it actually becomes like mental masturbation pretty yeah. much like yeah you're it's you're, it's pointless, and then once you realize it, then you're like, "Fuck, I'm actually doing this." Yeah. And so, <laughs> totally, dude. That's been a big change that has unlocked a lot for me. Yeah. In the last year of nice. doing this, yeah, because kind of I got it at the right time, like right after the hurricane. Nobody wanted to buy podcast production, like it was, yeah, no way, yeah, no. So it. it I was kind of like the nail in the coffin yeah. a few months before it died. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm glad like I was learning all this stuff about belief in myself. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately when it was time, like the business failed, like yeah. it was just like, Hey, this, this failed. Like mm -hmm. I met with, like I, I sat down with my dad to like look at stuff and he's like, you know, all right, let's take a look at it and see it. And he looks at me and he's like, dude, it's time. You got to give this up. <laughs> like, all right. Got yeah, it, bro. Yeah. Restart. And, but I'm glad I had that, that reset time to learn some of that belief stuff. And then yeah. when I encountered this, like for me, like life devastating failure like, at the time, it felt like that. Yeah. 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 And again, same thing. I'm, I'm so thankful Grateful that I for had, that time, yeah? that I had that experience and that like, uh, kind of ego death a little bit. 100%. And, um, I feel like you're losing everything. Felt like I was losing everything. I thought we were done. Yeah. I was like, dude, we, we're done. I don't know how we're going to bounce back. <laughs> like, holy shit. Yeah. And you go and like go and you think all these things of, um, what am I going to tell people? People yep. are going to think that I'm a failure and all these <laughs> things. And like, then you realize nobody actually gives a fuck. And also it's true. Once I came out and told people like that, I was giving up the business. Everybody was like, what, how can I help you? Like, what do you need? And all these people came out of the woodwork. Nice. Like, yeah, dude. Oh, uh, like, Hey, you're looking for a job. Like, all right, let me hear what you're looking for. And I'll I, Sick. like probably like 50 people. Wow. Kind of. That's amazing. Came dude. together in different ways to kind of help me. All that support, dude. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of took all that to realize it. But yeah, since then instilling that belief in myself has totally. been a huge factor for, like it's the reason why I was able to actually just that night when I did the acoustic recording session thing, yeah. like I was just like, no, I'm fucking doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to record this. I'm going to do this the best I can. I did, I did like five or six, five songs, something like that. Wow, and I nice. ran through it and I was like, you know what? I'm doing it again. Like I'm just getting another take. So I've got cool. it in here. There's no little fucking things that can pop up later and be like, yeah. No, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sucks. Don't That's do cool, it. dude. So that kind of stuff is what's been helping push this over the edge of like, no, nah, I'm sitting down, I'm doing this podcast like once a week. That's it. Nice. I'm sitting down doing the music. Like that kind of belief in myself mm -hmm. is uh is something that has tremendously helped like move the into like the intuitive stuff yeah. forward. Yeah. It's it kind of solves some of that intuition problem. Yep. I love so, that. Yeah. I think a big part for me too is just having a positive mindset on life as a whole mm -hmm. has been a huge factor for me, dude. Just 
not letting that not letting that negative mindset take over like you were just saying just in just in general just finding more of a positive outlook on life you know i think has been such a game changer for me and um i don't know just having uh that mindset going into every day the best you can it's not always easy yeah no but in general that has helped me big time yeah and when you're when you when you have a positive mindset you have a clearer mind and you can trust your your intuition uh, maybe I'm actually answering your question that you, yeah. <laughs> uh, you you drew it out of me. You're good at this, but uh, yeah, I think that's been a big deal for me. Is just having a positive outlook every day, so that I'm clear minded, and okay. I can like really trust my intuition and trust what I'm feeling inside, and make the right decisions for ultimately for the company and for my life and for my business partners' lives. That's cool. So it's it's less about like a specific tactic than it is like set yourself up mentally. Yeah. So it's like uh, fertile for positivity. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the big things that I've learned with like, I'm doing like the reason why I've been changing this because I was do I'm doing like a mindset coaching course. Oh, cool. Yeah, and that's like, and I've said this on the show before, but like if you would have told me that a year ago, yeah, I'd be like. I'm not doing a fucking mindset coach. Like, what are you talking? <laughs> in what form is that? Is that something you do online or is that something in person? Uh, Zoom. So like there's these cool. courses, but then there's also a guy that uh, is like a mindset coach. That, so we'll Sweet. talk like once a week or once every other week, but talk through the concepts. Cool. Uh, a lot of it comes from that book, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it's just interesting how all this stuff works. But one of the biggest changes on the positivity side was I used to be very negative mm -hmm. about things mm -hmm. and people were surprised with that because like I, I i try to be outwardly positive yeah but uh i guess i was negative towards myself yeah and when people were like self-love self-love you should have self-love like, that sounds fucking gross. Yeah, what is this shit <laughs> yeah, i'm like i yeah. grew up on long island where it was like yeah what are you a fucking pussy get out of <laughs> exactly. here with this and yeah. it's like and then so you know talking terribly to yourself was just is normal good. yeah and so that has that was a big realization was like oh your your brain and your mind don't actually care whether you're positive or negative like yeah. whatever you put in there your brain's gonna go like cool yeah this is what we're doing get it yeah all right we're a piece of shit yeah all right let's sick. run that yeah <laughs> running that today use that in the sales call that's gonna rem that's, that's gonna make them want to work with you yeah that's yeah. what i'm talking about dude that positivity you probably felt that at the session bro you had to it it bleeds out of the team i feel like at sessions like it's like it's almost in a in a positive way it's almost blinding yeah you know <laughs> totally, yeah. like you you when you walk back in there it's you go into like a little world. Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, bro. Like, there, and so much is able to come from that energy, you know? That's what I'm saying, that positive energy. I feel like, I don't know, like you were just saying, it kind of sounds like some hippity-dippity shit, but dude, that's a real thing, dude. And it's, and it, and it consumes you and overtake, and it's just like, you know, from the artist's perspective in our situation, they perform the best they've ever had. And from the audience perspective, they're having literally one of the best nights of their life and they're sitting in my driveway. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's crazy, dude. What the fuck is life? Yeah, dude, it's cool. I say that, uh, that's the name of our second channel is What a Life. And that's because of that. Like, that is literally 
It's literally the DNA of it. It's like, we say what a life so much because of all this. It's crazy. Really? What a life. Like, we say it all the time. So yeah. we had to, that's why we named our second YouTube channel that. What a life. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Dude, it's cool. It's just, it is cool to watch. It's very, it, it gets me fired up to see that stuff. Hell yeah, bro. You know? That's, I, I love hearing that more than anything. It gives me chills, bro. Yeah. If I can just spark a little bit of inspiration or not me personally, but all of us or whatever this sugar shack thing is, like if we can inspire others to, you know, if it's a podcast or if it's your music. And I, I was on another podcast recently and he told me that too. He's like, I'm literally doing this because watching you guys like do what you guys do and have built what you guys have built. Like I wake up driven to do this every day. I'm like, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> sick like I, I feel like i'm finally giving back because that's that's what i was looking for i've been looking for that for every day for the past 10 years you know i'm looking for a little bit of inspiration i was saying that earlier like so to hear and see that come to fruition is like it blows my mind every day dude and it keeps me driven for sure it's cool it's uh yeah and that's that's not the same i'm searching for the same thing mm -hmm. and that's it is cool that you get to now finally after all this time yeah. get that feedback that yeah, that's cool. coming back to you and like you get to be that uh spring for somebody else yeah dude and just one day it was just kind of flipped you know what i mean it's kind of weird it's interesting i don't know and it's i i think i feel like that kind of stuff happens at the perfect time because you're in it enough mm -hmm. where unless you completely go off the fucking rails like i'd have to stop yeah, yeah, it's like you're in it enough where the nice ego stroke part is just kind of a nice ego stroke yeah. part, but it's not at the core exactly. of the, the yeah. drive. Yeah, that's a great point. I agree. Yeah, 100%, man. Yeah. We're just kind of living our true selves at this point. Yeah. You know, it just comes so natural to all of us now, our day-to-day, -day, um, and we're, we all have our eyes on the same mission. And it, again, we're all on the same wavelength and we're on the same, this all the same energy and uh, just riding that same wave together, bro. It's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really powerful. It's really powerful. When you can get a team all on that same dynamic, dude, it's unstoppable. And that's how we feel right now. And I think that was always something like when I was doing bands and everything like that, that yeah. was probably one of the most disheartening oh, yeah. parts of it. Yeah. It was like, when we were in opposite states, dude, I think <laughs> we went through 13 members in Whoa. Nice. three years or something like that. Just yeah. people coming in and out. And yeah. All that stuff. What man. was the hardest uh, member to maintain? Was like a drummer or bassist or? Well, it was me and Corey. So we were pretty solid that whole tight. time. You're a singer. So that helps. Yeah, I'm a singer. Yeah, so that helps. Yeah. <laughs> Singing guitar and then he played bass. Uh, but just drums and drummers. Yeah, drummers. You guys fucking <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to change that, bro. <laughs> no, I know, and I feel like I'm the hard one in my band. <laughs> it's, it's part of the universal balance, dude. Yeah, damn. No, but it's like uh it, and and we'd have stints of like good people, but it just never everybody was never on the same page. And I and I do take responsibility for a decent amount of that. Yeah. Just in terms of I was the leader of the band. Yeah. And ultimately, just same thing with the business. Like there was something inside where it was like that doubt crept in. Yeah. And crept in persistently enough where I was like, all yeah. right, I'll let whatever happens happen. Yeah. Which that is, mindset changes, dude. You're done. It's yeah. It, and it's you're done. You're just uh, 
you're just riding down a sinking ship. Yeah, exactly. The whole time. Exactly. You got to keep your mind mind right and your mindset on the right course. Because yeah, you let that doubt take over, bro. You're done. It's not good. No, it's toxic. But yeah, I think you know having a team around you helps with that, though. When you have like a positive team and again everybody's on the same mission and with the same goals, it helps you stay focused. And yeah, it helps you stay driven. So. And dude, what's it been like to now become friends with some of these these artists and things like that? Like, like even like Pacifier is a good example. Yeah. Like I watched your guys' podcast with yeah. them. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and it's like that's that's a band that I've been listening to forever. Yeah, me and too. It's like getting to see like a conversation with them from somebody who knows them yeah. in a podcast format. I, I now they're like, homies. Yeah, I felt like I was. It's like got to be a fly on the wall and like cool. a regular real life conversation. It was sweet. But that was good, dude. That's a good podcast. That was a, it was a great podcast. I got emotional and they really shared some really personal shit on that pod. That was a good pod. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Um yeah, it's cool, dude. Like people ask me like what are some of your dream artists do you ever you want to work with? I'm like, man, I've worked with like a lot of them right now. Yeah. <laughs> like it's crazy, dude. Like and with that, I don't know, we just I don't know, it comes back to like living your true self and like and you know, trusting your intuition and doing what we do. I don't know, man. It's been really crazy to see what we have done like together as a team. And, you know, for example, we were at Trevor Hall's house this week in Colorado. He brought us out to record 15 songs with him over two days at his house in his personal studio, basically this in his garage. I'm like, and Trevor Hall's one of my like top three favorite artists of all time. And I'm sitting here like this with him. And it was just like, dude, where am I? What am I doing right now? I'm like having lunch with Trevor Hall for two days and like in his home and like just getting this intimate like one-on-one acoustic for 15 songs of his new album just like right here. I don't know. It was just, it's Sick. cool, dude. I, I don't know. I just take it day by day, bro. I'm just taking it day by day and just letting this kind of take us where, you know, we're kind of on this path already that, we can just almost just trust it. Let's just yep. trust where we're going. Yep. Trust what we've built. And let's just ride it out and see how far we can take this. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. It's cool. And that's just the channel side. Like I said, like meanwhile, we have a venue and a restaurant coming. Like I'm talking like strictly like music channel stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy, dude. There's like this whole other world that's going to like in like four months is going to pop. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be wild. Hell yeah, dude. I'm pumped I'm for it. I'm hyped. I'm super excited I'm that, hyped. that that's coming out. Um, but yeah, dude. Well, thanks for coming and doing this. Mm-hmm. What, uh, anything that you want to leave? Would you like to leave the audience with any final? Oh, tips? man, I've said a lot of things. This has been a really cool pod, dude. You, you're really good at this. Thanks, man. And you asked me some tough questions that I I feel like I ultimately answered. But you ultimately answered. You stumped me a couple times, which right. is good, bro. You asked me a lot of things that uh, I haven't been asked, so that's that's cool, bro. You got me thinking. Got me sweating, too. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the garage. That, that mushroom coffee or whatever yeah. you got me drinking. <laughs> but yeah, this was great, bro. Hell Appreciate yeah. it. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. I'm uh I love watching you grow your I know ultimately the last one didn't work, but dude, there was there's so many episodes that I found inspiration and in. I didn't get to say this earlier, like the Malik episode, dude, like fired me up. Really? Fired me up, dude. I reached out to him after I was like, dude, great podcast. I, I felt so fired up after that. Like I needed that. Shit. It was really cool. It was a really cool story, dude. I've always been kind of like an a like a fan a fan and a fly on the wall watching Malik's journey. Yep. And seeing what he's built. But then hearing him just talk about it was the first time I've ever like heard the like 
nitty gritty and like the inside of what he's doing, what he's building. I was like, bro, like I was so inspired after that episode, dude. So yeah, that's really cool, man. Hell Keep yeah. Doing this, man. This is awesome. Thanks, buddy. Hell yeah. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Cool. Thanks. See ya. How long was that?